Welcome to Eating, the show where we explore the ways in which food has become a human obsession. From sheer necessity to overt gluttony, I'm your host, Gabby Spoiber. In a highly competitive market, there are only a few chef owners that can leverage their passion for cooking and food into a highly successful full-service restaurant. Today, we have the pleasure of talking to Joe of Joe's Cafe in Old Town Granada Hills. Joe's Cafe serves classic American cuisine with Joe's own signature twist and has been featured on both Food Network and the Travel Channel. Joe, thanks so much for taking the time to be here today to talk about you and your cafe's phenomenal success. Of course, thanks for having me today. So why don't we start off with uh, you telling me a little bit about yourself and kind of what drew you towards cooking. Um, you know, it was kind of funny. I started to go to school um, right out of college for a business degree, hoping that that business degree would turn into me owning a restaurant someday. And I quickly found out that I wanted to go into more of the cooking side right away. So I went to college for one year, and then I decided to uh, go to Le Cordon Bleu in Pasadena. Um, so I was from the East Coast, and I ended up moving out here when I was 19 to go to Le Cordon Bleu in Pasadena. And um, I studied there for uh, almost two years. It was about 15 months where I got to study in Pasadena. And then I was lucky enough to um, travel to Istanbul and work for about three and a half, four months under um, a very well-known chef in the city there. Um, So I've had some great opportunities early on to uh, get to study under some great chefs. And I think that's what really kind of, you know, got me into the, the culinary world and and opened my eyes to it being more than um, what I was used to coming from a small town in New England where food was more of chains and necessity as to where, where I started going to school and learning that, hey, this can be, this can be more than just eating out of necessity and, and you know, and food can be good and, and it can be fun. So that's oh. what excited me right away. Wow, that's amazing. So uh, I also uh, know that you were the champion of Chopped at one point, which is one of Food Network's most popular cooking competitions. Um, so I'm kind of interested yeah, in, in like how that uh, notoriety, I guess, changed your feelings about food and cooking. Um, you know, I don't think it has changed my, my, my feelings about cooking. I think it just, it, you know, it, it got us a little bit more notoriety in the area for the restaurant, which was wonderful because we were still pretty new at the time. I had only been open for a couple of years. Um, it was the, it's the first competition I've ever done. So that was interesting. Um, and I really didn't know what to expect. And I just went there to have a good time. And um, I ended up coming home with a win. So that was pretty awesome. Um, but, you know, I, I wouldn't say it really changed my perspective on food at all. It just kind of made me appreciate um, watching the show. I always kind of previously thought that, oh, there's no way that they're just finding out the baskets or they must know the ingredients beforehand and things like that. And it's, it's true. It's all real. I mean, you don't get any heads up until you open the basket and you only have the 20 minutes or the 30 minutes to work and it's stressful and intense. Um, but, you know, I really enjoyed working with the, with the couple guys that I got to compete against who were both from um, Nashville, um, which are, which is, the, you know, an amazing food city. So being able to compete, being from LA and, and going against guys of like a Southern cooking uh, tradition uh, was really cool. It was just, it just kind of opened my eyes to um, the, the more competitive world of cooking that I had never known before. 
Well, that's really interesting. So, it, so if you had to like maybe pinpoint down um, something that was maybe your greatest challenge to overcome to achieve your success, especially your restaurant and just becoming uh, a chef owner of a restaurant, what do you think that would be? I think the hardest thing for any any young chef that's trying to open a restaurant is just the, I mean, the initial financial burden it takes to open a restaurant is is a lot. Um, you know, people can go out and spend, you know, a million dollars on a restaurant. Um, but when we first started our restaurant, um, we took a very, very small personal loan from my parents. Um, and we made it happen in three months. Um, on next to no money, you know, my, my father and I kind of built everything on the inside. All the equipment we bought was used, um, you know, the plates and, and the glasses and things like that. We found good deals on. We would, you know, shop Craigslist and, um, you know, just try to get stuff anywhere that we could for cheap to open the first restaurant. Um, and then once we opened, you know, once we got our wheels going, then we started to replace, you know, the items that we needed that weren't the best quality. And um, but the but definitely, like, the biggest thing to get over is just that, that initial um, opening cost because it's expensive to rent, it's expensive to buy equipment, um, you know, and, and uh, just the overhead of bringing in employees and all that stuff. Right. Um, but, what you know, kind of what I'm, what I'm saying is that it can be done for really cheap if you're willing to do it yourself. Um, you know, we, 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 we built all, all of our own tables. We built our... Um, you know, the bar that we had there. So everything that we could build, we did. Um, you know, everything I could buy, if I could buy it used, I did. Um, and we just kind of started from the bottom and, and hoped that it would be successful. And uh, it, it, we, it turned out to be successful. So we were very lucky. Right. I mean, adding on to that, I remember Joe's Cafe used to be a, a tiny walk-up counter with like less than five tables. And now you guys have, the, you know, the spacious full-service restaurant. Um, yeah, that was that was a really cool, cool thing for for us to be able to expand into. What I always wanted to do was have a full service restaurant. So we took the stepping stones to open a little tiny spot, and then hoping for success that we would one day move into a larger spot. And and that's what we've been able to do. Do you do you think there's a something you know different that you did to achieve this growth? Where I mean, so many others have failed, especially in the restaurant industry. Um, I think timing is everything, um, you know, and location is key. Um, I think for us opening up um, in 2000 and um, what was it, 2012, when we first opened up, Granada Hills didn't have any local mom and shop restaurants. Um, you know, there was a lot of chains in the area. So that was our, our first big concern was, are we going to be able to compete with the chains or do people want a non-chain option. Um, so we kind of took that risk and, and come to find out people really did want that non-chain option. Um, so it was a, it was a good thing to, uh, to go through and find out that, okay, people really do want the kind of food that we're doing. Um, and, and, you know, in the area, um, having a lot of chains just next door, uh, we opened up and then, you know, over the years, over the past couple of years, more mom and pop shops have opened up as well, which is exactly what we were hoping for, um, to make Granada Hills kind of that small community 
um, little area where, you know, you're not necessarily going to the big shops. You can go to a little restaurant, you can go to a little coffee shop, a little candy store. We have all those options around us now, which is wonderful. Right. I, I mean, I think social media has probably played, you know, a big role in um, the success of your restaurant, too. And I guess building a community in Granada Hills. Um, do, what other ways do you feel that, I guess, social media has kind of impacted the way we eat or the way we look at food? Definitely, we take social media um, into, you know, into mind when we're, when we're creating any dish because what we noticed in, in the past, you know, five, ten years is that people are, before they even taste their food, they're taking pictures of their food. Um, so we always want to make sure that every plate that goes out, we call it Instagram-worthy. So make sure that every plate is Instagram worthy before it goes out because you never know who's going to be taking a picture and posting it. Right. Um, you know, so that's a huge part. And then also, you know, just just being able to be involved with the community and get the community's feedback with our social media. Um, my wife handles all of our social media and, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a really great outlet for them to know what we're doing and, and not necessarily have to come by the restaurant to know if we have something going on or if something's in the plans or, you know, even just, hey, we have a new dish coming out. So it's really been amazing to have social media, um, you know, to help our business grow. But we definitely still believe that word of mouth is the best way for restaurants to grow as well. So um, we love Granada Hills for that and that the word of mouth business has really made us blossom a lot in the past few years. Right. So to take a little bit of, I guess, like a more a deeper turn, how do you think your passion for food um, influences what you want other people to experience while they eat at Joe's? Um, I think the big passion behind my food is, is just simplicity and flavors. And, or I guess not the passion behind my food, but the way I approach food is simplicity and flavors. And, um, just making sure that every dish is consistent, the same, and, um, you know, it's, it's something different. I don't ever want to serve something that people are just like, well, it just tastes like that everywhere, or I could have made that at home, or I could have done something like that. Um, but, you know, making sure that, you know, we have a little twist, a little flair on each dish that makes us different, um, you know, kind of sets us aside there. And, and just my passion has always been to make people happy as far as cooking food and customers. And that's what I enjoy. I like people, I like to see people smile when they're taking a bite. Um, I like to see people coming back because they enjoyed their experience. Um, you know, and, and my cooking style, I just feel like it's, it's a very straightforward, um, you know, no shortcuts, everything's fresh. And, you know, if we don't make it in house, we don't sell it. Um, so, you know, a lot of things uh, depend upon, um, making sure that we have the, the best ingredients, uh, you know, the best breads, um, and then just being able to put out good product every time that people can consistently rely on um, is, is definitely what what runs the restaurant and what keeps us busy. Right. Um, and what kind of my my passion always was is to, you know, have a restaurant that was just different than than what was around and not to be too weird and out there, but, you know, just to be able to, to consistently put out good food and, um, you know, have a return, return customer base. I, I mean, you definitely reflect that in your unique menu. Um, so what dish do you think off your menu is the most popular and why do you think that is? 
Um, I, right now, our chicken and waffles is by far the most popular dish we have. Um, and I think that goes kind of back to just, you know, we take a lot of pride in the product that we use and the process before the customer even sees it. Um, so just to describe the chicken and waffle dish, we take chicken tenders and we marinate chicken tenders for 24 hours. And then we slow cook them in a water bath for uh, about an hour and a half um, so that before we even dredge them and fry them, they're already incredibly tender and almost falling apart. Um, so it's not just your average chicken that might be tough, might be dry. Um, you know, we take a lot of pride in that. And then um, our waffle uh, recipe is my great-grandmother's pancake and waffle recipe. So that has a lot of meaning behind it for me, you know, that I'm proud that I can serve that and people enjoy it a lot. Um, you know, the gravy that we put on the chicken and waffles, we make the gravy, we make the sausage by hand that goes into the gravy. And then um, to top it off, we only use the best maple syrup. We use uh, Vermont maple syrup. Um, it's a lot more expensive, but it really kind of, for me, is worth it. And being from New England, everyone has their, their pride. So I, I always want to make sure that we have that best maple syrup we can have. Um, so even though it's such a simple dish like chicken and waffles, we try to put a lot of thought behind it in every component um, and make sure that it just stands out and it's different than any chicken and waffles that someone has had before. And with that being said, what foods do you think are, are your personal favorite, whether that's to cook or eat? Oh, I love Italian food. That is hands down my favorite. I love to cook it. I love the process of of cooking slow food all day, you know, putting a tomato sauce on and letting it cook all day. Um, um, I grew up, um, my father's side of the family is very Italian. So growing up, um, you know, that was always a big part of our, our traditions and our meals. And um, I love cooking it and I love eating it. So definitely um, it's not something I do at the restaurant really, but it's kind of like a my hidden favorite food that people don't know about. Right. I mean, your family seems to have been, you know, a very big impact on what you cook and what you eat. Um, do you think becoming a husband and a father has changed that in any way or, or affected your feelings about eating? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, you know, since I opened the restaurant, I was just dating my girlfriend um, and we opened it together. Um, and, you know, now we've been married for going on uh, eight years and uh, we have a two-year-old son now. Um it definitely, you know, it's it's not all about um, us anymore having a son. So that changes things. We eat we eat food a lot earlier. Um, we always do family dinners though with our son, which is great. So we get to cook fun food and and let him try things like that. Um, and you know, we like to think that he's not eating frozen, you know, chicken tenders and mac and cheese. He gets to eat yummy food with us every night. Um, but yeah, I mean, everybody changes too over the years and we've owned the restaurant long enough that, you know, um, early on it was, it was, you know, um, uh, it was different being a young chef and trying to get acknowledged in, in the, in the scene and really wanting attention more than not attention, I guess that's the worst word, but attention for the restaurant, I guess is what I'm looking for. Um, you know, to now where we're able to, you know, we're able to to sustain a, a consistent restaurant. Um, we have a great customer following, um, you know, and I can have a little bit more focus on my family and um, enjoy, you know, my son's time, which is amazing as a, as a little two-year-old. So, um, I mean, you know, I've definitely changed as far as a person. 
in in the past few years and um you know i think changing as a person you definitely change as a chef as well um you know for the restaurant though i love what we cook here um i'm not you know i'm not going to go out and become a vegan chef or you know put a bunch of gluten-free options on the menu because that's still not really who we are but you know as i'm getting older with a family you know uh, we definitely like to look for like fun healthy recipes that we cook at home um you know things that we can eat as as parents and a kid so it's it's opening up my mind to a lot of different other foods that i never really had you know messed with because we're trying to feed a two-year-old at the same time right no that, that makes a, a lot of sense um and i know that right now you know the the pandemic especially has had a significant impact on small businesses particularly restaurants um what ways do you think you're kind of responding to this challenge um well you know first off i don't think it's very fair what they're doing to restaurants first and foremost um, we're not a super spreader um we're not the, the problem in this situation so i think it's really unfair how they are really putting a lot of restrictions on restaurants and bars um in this time but you know with that being said um you know we we have had to change our model a lot we do a lot more to-go orders now um than we did before um so kind of how we how we run the kitchen it's not just plates going out of the kitchen it's a lot of to-go boxes um a lot of organizing with postmates and grubhub and doordash and um all these different options that people can use to deliver too um so we have we have definitely utilized that delivery option and then recently we've been able to do outdoor dining so we do have a parking lot in the back of the restaurant which we were lucky enough to turn half the parking lot into outdoor dining so we have about five or six tables in the back patio um with nice ambient lighting and we put fences around with plants so it, it really looks nice and doesn't seem like they're in a parking lot um and also we've been lucky enough to have the small front patio that we have um and with the dine la permit we've been allowed to put tables and chairs out on the sidewalk so we are utilizing a lot of the space that we have um you know we're definitely not running at full capacity because you know the, our building size is almost four thousand square feet so it's a shame to keep all these tables empty inside but you know for the meantime we have a lot of capacity outdoors and we're doing a lot of to go so we've just kind of tweaked our plan um you know our, our game plan on the weekends to be more oriented towards the to-go orders and and the customers that are here as well having to dine outside so you know we're making it work like everybody else but it's definitely been a hard almost almost year now yeah with that with that being said with the pandemic and also um to-go orders and things what what changes do you think that the future will bring to the experience of eating out um, I think it's always going to be different. I don't think it's ever going to go back to just packed dining rooms, you know, no social distancing, no masks. I think everyone's going to be a little bit more cautious from now on. Um, you know, so I do think that when we do go back to inside dining, I think we're going to have to have a little bit more space. I think we're always going to have to have that in the back of our minds that, um, you know, COVID's been such a problem and, you know, we, we do not want to, um, you know, add to the problem ever. We want to make sure we're we're abiding by all the regulations and making sure that, you know, everyone's safe that we work with and that also dine here. Um, but I think, the, I think, you know, the past pandemic is going to change the 
food industry forever. Unfortunately, we've lost a lot of good little restaurants. Um, we lost a lot of restaurants that have been around forever that maybe just retirement sounded like a good idea, but, um, you know, it's, it's tough for, for everybody, but, um, you know, we're hoping that we can open up partially indoors soon and kind of get back to normal. But, um, you know, I don't think it's ever going to be normal like it was. I don't think we're ever going to be able to pack as many people in as, uh, we possibly can. So I think it's always going to be a little different. I think our to-go's are always going to be a little bit heavier because there are a lot of people that probably just aren't going to go out as much as they used to, just just to make sure that they're they're being safe. So, um, you know, we're taking it in stride, and I guess in the next couple months we're going to see how um, we are allowed to operate, um, and then that'll probably change things again. So we've just been, you know, constantly changing our, our way of, of doing things at the restaurant and making sure that we're still being efficient. Um, at, but at the same time, you know, making sure that COVID is uh, the, the number one priority. Right. So beyond this pandemic, do you have any personal go- goals or any goals for Joe's Cafe? Like where do you see yourself in the future? Um, I mean, Joe's Cafe here is, is, you know, this is home base. Like we've been in Granada Hills forever. Um, we always talk about opening up another one sometime. Um, obviously in the past year, we, we totally put a stop to that. (laughs) Um, but we don't know, you know, we could be here as a little tiny mom and pop shop forever and we'd be totally happy with that. Um, you know, and we can open up another spot. And I, I would really like to do that. I would like to have expand to a few more restaurants in different neighboring cities. Um, that are, you know, that don't have a little local breakfast spot that you can walk to or that you can be part of the neighborhood. Um, you know, we always want to grow. That's the, that's the whole game, right, is you want to grow the business as much as you can. So um, our main concern, though, is consistency and quality. So that's why we haven't really branched out quickly like some restaurants do and just been like, oh, let's, we're busy. Let's open up a bunch of locations because we want to make sure that, um, you know, we're, we're always doing it right. Um and that we don't just get a new location because we want a new location. It, it needs to be the perfect, uh, you know, area, situation, everything needs to fall into place. So um, my wife and I have always had the game plan that we're not going to force anything to happen right away, um, you know, because we're still, as far as restaurants go, we're still a baby. We're under 10 years old. So um, being here, being able to expand already has been amazing. Um you know, and we and we would like to grow and expand into other towns in the valley and maybe over the hill someday. But um, during COVID, you know, it just kind of put a complete stop to that. Um, but definitely, definitely, the the goal of Joe's Cafe is to is to become a little bit bigger and a little bit more well known. Um, and that comes with with opening new restaurants. So we'll see what twenty twenty one brings, and hopefully, new restaurants are opening up and there's new opportunity. Right on. I, I wish you continued success, Joe, and thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, thank you for having me. It was a pleasure and an honor for you to, to ask me to be involved. So thank you for your time, and I, and I hope everything went well. Thank you. So just again, so everyone knows, Joe's Cafe is located in Old Town, Granada Hills. That's on Chatsworth Street between Balboa and Reseda. So for more info, go to kpcradio.com. I want to thank you all for listening. I'm Gabby Spoiver, leaving to get something to eat.